0: What happens when a Catholic deacon matches wits with a Catholic radio show host? You get a marriage made in heaven. They may not always agree, but they're always faithful. It's the Akins with their View from the Pew on Modern Day Radio.
1: And welcome to this episode of View from the Pew. I'm your host, Brenda Akin, and joining me today is the man who's seeing the world with new eyes today, the good deacon, Scott Akin.
2: So at 56 years old, I finally got contacts. And I have to say, when I was putting the contacts in, I had to pull my lid up. And when I did, my lid did not come back down. And I looked at the guy to go, yeah, I'm 56. My, my skin did not have the elasticity that it once had. And so I realized I needed contacts, and I'm getting older. So it's a great day today. Humility.
1: Humility. Humility always. Humility. God finds unique <laughs> ways to remind us of our frailty at every possible moment. So the idea for me of putting something in my eye, yeah, I'm not quite sure I could do that. And you know, with our son, he was the first in the family to get contact lenses. Now, right. when he was a little guy, I think he must've been about... Eight Eight. years old. Yeah, Mm -hmm. Yeah, when we discovered that he can't see clearly past his arm length. And so he wore glasses for a lot of years. But then when he got into high school, it was getting in the way of his sport activities to have to wear sporting glasses. And so he moved to contact lenses. Mm -hmm. It took him about an hour to learn how to get these in his eye because the idea of touching his eye was a little off-putting to him.
2: And thank goodness he had a sister who could sit with him in his dilemma and help encourage him to continue on because she, she sat there on the floor and watched him for over a half hour as he tried to get those in. And, you know, I think when you're 16 years old and you, you put in something in your eye, that just seems completely foreign and you really react against mm-hmm. it. When you're 56 years old, I've had my nose poked, my ears poked, and hair I poked my eyes. It's like oh, one more thing. And, and he goes, wow, you put that in like a professional
1: As we get older, it's just, it's life experience. We realize that and looking back over our life, and we've heard our parents say it, boy, I wish I knew now. what I knew back then, when you had the young body and the energy and the passion to do things and then to have the knowledge of a life lived, well, boy, you would be a force to be reckoned with. Scott, there was a time when we were younger and married. We didn't have kids at the time. Where we'd go out to dinner and you'd get a meal and i'd order a meal and i would eat about you know half of my meal i'm not a particularly giant kind of a person and then you would eat all of your meal and then you'd finish off all of my meal and then if there were kids around well you'd polish off their food too but yeah how quickly that changed to where now you and i go to a restaurant and a lot of times we'll just split a meal because we know we just cannot put that much food into our bodies.
2: You know, the last time I could actually do that was when flip phone was in.
1: How do you remember that?
2: <laughs> Simply because I know it's that many years ago. The kids don't remember the flip phones. We do, and that's probably the last time I actually could could consume freely like that. Uh, and so, yeah, that was many years ago because now at 56, it's been uh, at least a decade where my metabolism has slowing down. And mm-hmm. you just you just begin to, I think the beauty of how God's plan is for that is that you're you're able to do so much when you're young, but you don't necessarily have the wisdom and understanding to to do what would be best. And yet, when you are at that age, you can't necessarily do that. So, what there's there, there's something there that God <laughs> wants sure. us to learn from both ends of that.
1: You know, for many people, and I'm gonna have to be part of this group too. Life happens, body changes, and through environment and eating, diseases happen. And I, about ten years ago discovered I had an autoimmune disease. And because of that disease, I had to go on steroids. That really affected my body over the next few years and having to take those to try to reduce symptoms. And well, anybody who's been on steroids knows, boy, it really changes your ability to burn fat. And you really start to put it on in your midsection and especially in my face. And so as we worked through that though, and was able to have a miraculous healing through a trip that we had to Fatima, We also realized we can't live like this anymore. I'm really excited about today's guest. Dr. Kevin Vost will be joining us. He has got a new book out called You Are That Temple. In his own life, he's had to overcome weight issues. And as a doctor, he knows about how the benefits of a healthy mind, body and spirit, all a part of God's plan.
2: And then after that, we'll talk a bit about how we just grow in humility about how God has created us as we get older and recognize that it is in community that we have our best ability to live life with joy and happiness as we enter into our older age.
1: So stay with us. We've got a great show ahead for you on this week's View from the Pew.
3: The secret to defeating your favorite vice isn't focusing on it and fighting with it all day. It's focusing on the presence of God and preferring His love to your sin. The only way to really conquer lust is to prefer the love of God to that pleasure. The only way to conquer anger is to prefer the peace of Christ to the satiation your rage gives you. The only way to conquer intemperance is to prefer spiritual and physical health. As Aquinas said, no man can live without delight. That's why a man deprived of spiritual joy goes over to carnal pleasures. And that, friends, is why Scripture says the joy of the Lord must be our strength. You don't conquer sin by beating yourself up all day. You do it by delighting in our Father and our God who delights in you, His child. And if you're really struggling with a particular temptation, here's a great tip. Read the Word of God. Pick up your Bible and read the Gospel until contemplation crowds out your temptation. This is Chris Stefanik from ReallifeCatholic.com. What do
4: the famous Batmobile,
3: Lovebug, and
4: Mystery Machine have in common? They were all given to Mater Day Radio's vehicle donation program. Well, not really, but they could have been, and you could do the same. If you have a car, truck, van, RV, or boat that you no longer need, consider donating it to
3: Mater Day Radio. It's quick and easy, and a likely tax deduction for you, and you'll be supporting uplifting Catholic radio programs. Information on our website at materderadio.com.
0: It's Deacon Scott and Brenda Aiken with their View from the Pew on Modern Day Radio.
1: Well, our culture is facing a pandemic of obesity and marked by a rise in diabetes, heart disease, cancer, Alzheimer's and dementia. And we know that our American diet has a big part of the responsibility. So along with changing our eating and exercise habits, how does our spiritual health play a part in our overall health? In his new book, You Are That Temple, A Catholic Guide to Health and Holiness, Dr. Kevin Vost will help you come to understand the importance of eating the real food that God created for us to find real physical and spiritual health. He's the author of 20 books, including Memorize the Faith and How to Think Like Aquinas. Dr. Voss is joining me today. Good morning, Kevin. Thank you so much for joining the show today.
4: Well, hello, Brenda, and thanks so much for having me on.
1: Well, I got to ask this first. Our American diet. Yeah, lots of salt, lots of sugar, lots of fat. How bad is that American diet? when We're looking at the rest of the world.
4: Yeah, it is. We, we are one of the world leaders in many things, many good things, but also unfortunately in these things, you know, like, like obesity and, and diabetes, the other diseases that flow from it. Just to put it in a little bit of a context, I'm, I'm going to be 62 years old in a few weeks. And when, when I was a kid, about one in uh, 20 children were considered obese. And now it's about one in five, so almost quadrupled. Wow. Uh, less than 15% of Americans were considered obese. Uh, at that time and now it's the uh, last I saw was 42 percent and if we factor in not just obese but also considered overweight it's almost three out of four of us it's 73 percent so we have had significant changes you know during my lifetime in the last you know four five six decades our health has really suffered
1: Kevin, I took an early childhood nutrition class once when I was a young mom trying to raise my kids the best way that was possible. And that nutritionist said something that I said in the opening that we should eat the food the way God created it. Now, what does that mean? Because, boy, I go to the grocery store and I pull some of these boxes or or uh, cans off of the shelf. I can't even say some of these ingredients. So how do we find the food that God created if what's on the shelf doesn't exactly look like that?
4: Studies reported in the journal the American Medical Association showed that for American children and adolescents, uh, they are now taking 67% more than two-thirds of their diet is these ultra-processed foods. You know, foods that come with packages and labels and have all kinds of ingredients in them. But yeah, to be healthy... We really do want to stick to foods as God made them. And I give one example in the book. I I give a recipe uh, from Ezekiel 4.9 where it says, And you take wheat and barley, beans and lentils, millet and spelt, and put them into a single vessel and make bread of them. And then I contrast with an ingredients list of one of our modern breads. And it includes things like uh, canola oil, defatted soy flour, wheat gluten, calcium propionate, sodium sterol, 2-lactylate, Sorbic acid and vegetable monoglycerides, you know. So it's kind of giving me like an idea here how far things have gone. Yeah. But, but a simple way to do it is to think about the food I'm eating, could my great-grandparents have eaten this food, you know? Did it exist then? And if it didn't, we need to be kind of skeptical whether this is the kind of food that will properly nourish our body.
1: Dr. Kevin Vost is joining us today. His new book out by Sophia Press is You Are That Temple, A Catholic Guide to Health and Holiness. Kevin, in your book, you talk about how we are created in God's own image, but we're not doing a very good job of respecting that temple. So what does scripture instruct us to do in order to love and respect the gift that our body is from God?
4: Yeah, well, you know, St. Paul very famously, you know, reminds us, hey, our bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit. He says, do you not know that that God dwells within you? Your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. He said, in that temple you are. And and that's where I pull uh, the title from, you are that temple. So in 1 Corinthians 3 and 6, St. Paul talks about that. And the Catholic Church has always taught that the body is not something evil, the body is good. God made us as beings, the catechism tells us, not with two natures." but with one nature that's composed of both body and soul. And we know that when we die, our soul is separated from our body. But when Christ comes again at the end of the time, at the last judgment, we are going to be united with our bodies. So God has crafted us, you know, to eventually have these bodies throughout eternity. So we're called to be good stewards. And as St. Paul says, to glorify God in our bodies, you know, to keep them healthy, to keep them energetic so we can do great things in God's service.
1: Well, again, a heart, mind and spirit is all connected. And it is the way that God created us. So, of course, he would give us the pathway in order to keep us healthy. Of course, just reminded of the beautiful Garden of Eden, it seems like, well, we have spent all of eternity since then. we trying to get back there. And Kevin, in your new book, you're kind of helping us a little bit find that pathway forward to real mental and spiritual health. All right, so now we know that if we pick up a can or a box on the shelf and we can't pronounce the words on the ingredients list, it's probably not the way that God had created it for us to eat it. But anyone knows who's tried to change their habits will say, yeah, it's easier said than done. Kevin, you might agree with them, but that doesn't change the fact that change needs to happen you were able to do that so tell us how you practiced what you preached
4: well yeah i'd be happy to for one thing i'm a lifelong weightlifter i used to be a weightlifting instructor i competed i've trained now for 50 years and i've also done cardiovascular things running running races and so forth so i kept myself strong and fit but as i got older despite all that exercise I i had become overweight my waistline got over 40 inches my blood pressure was high uh, and just a few years ago, when I changed my own eating, it, all that drastically changed. I lost 30 pounds, six inches off my waist, more than 20 points off my blood pressure by making fundamental changes in my in my diet. But in a certain sense, I'll tell you, in a certain sense, it was not really that hard. When I was a teenager, I, at that time, I thought I could be Mr. Universe someday. You know, I didn't know about individual genetics. And at that time, I had like perfect discipline. I worked at a Burger King for years and never drank a single soda, never touched a French fry, never had a bun on a hamburger, you know, because I was so motivated with with this goal I thought was before me. Well, once I realized that wasn't going to happen, you know, I, I kept training, but I went the next 40 years or so thinking, you know, where did my willpower go? I'm always hungry now, you know, and I tend to get tired. But two years ago now, when I did switch to go far more in terms of Protein and fat and real foods, far less processed food, far less sugar. I thought, boy, here's my willpower again, and it was just because the real foods satiate us and nourish us. And if a person can switch over to that, you know, it may be a little rough going at first, but you may be amazed that hey, you know, I am not hungry all the time, and boy, I feel good. I feel like getting out there and exercising, you know, or at least walking the dog. So I'd say the message should be hopeful to more to more people. It's not going to be a matter you know, just knuckling down and gritting your teeth. If we do live in these more natural ways, we will come to find that that it really might not be as hard as we thought.
1: Well, Kevin, we pray that the COVID pandemic is in our rearview mirror, you know, going through these past few years, seeing how many people were affected, the number of family members who lost a loved one because of it. And it seemed like, well, so many doctors were trying to figure out exactly what it was that was causing some people to get so sick and others not. You know, in your book now, you do talk a little bit about how to avoid illness. Now, things like the COVID-19 or other illnesses, hard to avoid. But our overall diet exercise, even our spiritual well-being, they're all ways to kind of put an armor on against illnesses. Tell us a little bit more.
4: Sure, sure. I will say, too, my own professional career, my full-time career for 32 years was doing disability, mental and physical disability cases for Social Security. So, so I saw, you know, all kinds of mental, mental and physical diseases, and how they changed from the 80s to up to the last few years, and how they really, really grew. But yeah, so for something like uh, COVID, like a, a virus, you know, there's limited things that we can do, you know, to, to prevent catching it, to being exposed. You know, we, we try our best, but so many of us now have actually gotten it. But what determines how it impacts us can be things like our age, which we cannot control, but also pre-existing chronic diseases. So early on in the book, I even give statistics from our own, you know, Centers for Disease Control, the CDC itself, that gives, for example, it shows how obesity increased the risk of severe illness, uh, tripling the risk for hospitalization, uh, and even for uh, students, children under 18 had over three times a greater chance of hospitalization than the non-obese children uh, if they contracted COVID. So, so one of the ideas is if we make ourselves healthier overall, we may still get some of these acute uh, viruses and things, but hopefully they will be less devastating uh, to our bodily temples.
1: Kevin, when you were going through your own journey in changing the foods that you were eating to just really create an overall better health for you, did you rely on your faith in order to help you overcome those times where you just really wanted to dive into maybe a bag of potato chips? How can we rely on our Catholic faith to help us with our wills to do better within the foods we eat.
4: Oh, yeah, absolutely. And one theme you know, I'm a big fan of St. Thomas Aquinas because his writings brought me back from to, to Christ after 25 years of atheism. And he writes extensively about virtues and even says how, he says how the virtues are to our soul is like health and beauty and fitness are to our bodies. So we can employ, you know, the Catholic virtues to, to help make our make us healthier and fitter. Just a simple example, you know, fortitude or courage is the ability to overcome difficult obstacles or to endure difficulties. And I say, boy, if we're going to train our body, strength training is overcoming difficult obstacles, and endurance training is enduring discomfort. Well, temperance is self-control or moderation. And boy, doesn't that apply to learning how to, to rein in what we eat. You know, so and, and so all the virtues, you know, can play a role there. But the key one for a Catholic is it's the virtue of charity or the love of God, and that should be our ultimate motivation. I use the phrase that we, we should try to become dynamos of charity. We're going to try to build up our health and wellness so we can share this with other people so we have the energy you know, to help our families, to help our neighbors, and, and to do a variety of things you know, in the service of God. So, so virtue development is a key theme I, I try to emphasize uh, in the book, tying in the physical, the mental, and the spiritual.
1: Oh, excellent. Well, that is just some of what you will learn about if you pick up a copy of Kevin's new book, You Are That Temple, A Catholic Guide to Health and Holiness. Kevin, where can our listeners get a copy for themselves, maybe learn a little bit more about you and your other books, too?
4: Well, sure. The the publisher of this book is Sophia uh, Institute Press, so their website, sophiainstitute.com. The book is probably available at most major internet sellers, and if you have a local Catholic bookstore... Maybe they have it or can get it. If anyone would like to contact me, my own website, uh, drbost.com, just drvos Well,
1: fantastic. Well, Kevin, I really appreciate your time so much. I have only gotten a little ways into this book, and boy, I keep turning those pages to the detriment sometimes of me getting out to take a walk. But I really appreciate your book, all of your insight and research into it, and... Really appreciate your time today. Thank you so much for joining us.
4: Oh, you're most welcome, and thank you for having me.
0: Tried to amend my carnivorous habits. Made in nearly seven today. Losing weight well, speed eating sunflower seeds. Drinking lots of carrot juice and soaking over rays, but at night I'd have these wonderful dreams. Some kind of sensuous treat.
1: God, I had a great time talking with Dr. Vost. I mean, Kevin had so much knowledge. I could kind have of kept asking him things about the different things I was eating, but I think the overall theme that he really got across was this idea of the gift that our bodies are. And if we appreciated that, it is a gift from God. I mean, really, there's nothing that we have in our life that isn't a gift from God, but recognizing the sanctity of the human body made in his likeness and image, I think we would do a whole lot more to ensure that we were honoring the temple, as as Dr. Vost put it.
2: And to live that life from youth to our old age is important to, to learn that from others, from family, from friends, because as we move through life, there will be times where will that limitation may be at first a real setback, but there's, it shouldn't be, it's, it should be an opportunity. And you know, this week we, we had uh, the passing of sister Andre, uh, the oldest person in the world at 118 years old. And if you were to ask her, I'm sure what's your life like now at 117, she would be grateful for that. She's entered through this entirety of, of the body's ability and she's at the end of her body's ability, she was at the end of her body's ability, and yet she still loved to be in community. She was happy because she had people who loved her and she loved others. And that, what a beautiful expression of living into the body's completeness mm. of life on this earth.
1: Well, Scott, you bring up an interesting point too because the same thing that Dr. Vost had talked about was the importance of eating well exercising and the importance of our mental health on our overall well-being sister andre i mean her mental abilities they were there and she prayed daily and it sustained her even maybe long past when her body would have been willing to give up well that sharpness of mind and her faith in god well it it helps sustain her mental Health and mental enjoyment is all part of that. I think your father was a great example of that too. In his ability to have greater health, if he was enjoying himself.
2: Right. Well, you know, I remember when he ended up getting dentures and how setback that was for him and his love of food because he mm-hmm. enjoyed food. Oh, yeah. He was a foodie. And when those dentures came in, he couldn't taste it. And so it became something that wasn't of interest to him anymore. But you know what he never lost interest of was his love for cars. And I remember in the last year of his life, it was a challenging time for him. And the Portland International Car Show came to town, as it does every year. And I invited him to go with our son. And uh, it was a moment when he just, he set aside his oxygen. He set aside his illnesses. He enjoyed himself for four hours. And it just really impressed upon me that, when we find what brings joy in our life, it can do so much to overcome what might be otherwise the debilitating challenge we're facing as we grow older. So there's a, there's a tension, a, a good tension of being open to new experiences, constantly giving ourselves intellectual challenges that will abate some of the sufferings that we're going to endure as we grow older. And I think that's what he expresses in his book so well is you can live into your life and adjust with humility in the future because of the changes that are going to happen to you on this earth.
1: Well, Scott, you also talked about being in community. I think you and I look at ourselves living in our home as our own little community and we enjoy life and we celebrate like many people do with a good meal. And, you know, over the years, you and I have realized that, you know, we have to watch what we're eating. Now we've taken on a similar eating style as, Dr. Vost talk about. And I think he also recognizes that, you know, the Bible he mentioned talks a lot about eating. We think about Christ himself, you know, let's eat the way not only God intends us to eat things, but let's eat the way God ate, you know, Jesus Christ living right. in the Holy land, that Mediterranean diet is similar to what he would have had, which included nuts, fish, olive oils, a glass of wine from time to time, but not overindulging in that, the roadmap's there.
0: Right.
1: We don't have to stray far. We don't have to come up with new and different ways to find things to put into our bodies. There's an ancient way of eating. It's still available to us. And of course, I love what Dr. Vos said about, think about the food that you're purchasing and ask yourself whether or not your grandparents had access to that food.
2: Very, very poignant, yeah, because I, you know, for my mom, she grew up on a farm, and she, they ate whole foods. Mm-hmm. So going back to that whole foods component is important. And also, as Sister Andre would, I think, inform us, she ate a piece of chocolate every day and had a glass of wine. So there is balance to this that we have to have, and, and that's, I think, that only comes from being able to bounce that off one another in a community to understand maybe better how we could live joyfully and healthfully.
1: and do that as always and as often as we can in community. Scott, before we go, will you end us in prayer?
2: Lord, we thank you for the great gift of the life that we have from youth to our old age. Help us to be joyful each day for the health that we have and be open to your direction as you guide us through this life that we may be healthy and joyful and at peace in all that we do. We ask this in your name, Jesus Christ. Amen.
1: And that is going to wrap it up for us this week. Please tune in next week as we share with you more stories about our faith, our family, and our view from the
2: pew.
0: Have a great week and enjoy dinner tonight. You've been listening to View from the Pew, a weekly look at faith and family life from a Catholic perspective with Deacon Scott and Brenda Aiken. For more information on the Akins and to listen to an archive of their previous shows, visit them online at moderndayradio.com slash pew. View from the Pew is produced at the studios of Mater Dei Radio in Portland, Oregon.